Welcome to another episode of the Head of Nations podcast. I'm your host, Brian, and across from me is your co-host, Ben. So, Ben, what's new in your nations this week? So this week, we are, I just, I purchased new books for my family for the summertime reading. So we're like really trying to narrow it down. And so that's kind of like what I was thinking of as uh, just emphasizing reading. Um, I started my my uh, my awesome Chesterton book, Chesterton on the Family, um, this week, but I also impulse buy Everlasting Man. I just had to buy this new version of it. Canon Press put out like a new version of it. So I, I bought that. And then I bought the next book of the Wingfeather Saga. So reading is going to be, you know, like I said, this this is the summer of reading, and that's going to be the emphasis. So I actually made the purchases this week. So I feel like really excited about that. So yeah, that's new. And I don't know. Listen, I mentioned the idea of some sort of pet. So I don't know what that means. And there's this stray cat that's been popping up. My my family's very interested in that cat, but I'm like, no, we're, that's not. That is not going to happen. Like that will not. <laughs> The other thing is, um, I don't know about the pet thing. I'll keep you, you know. Keep the you other posted. Thing is, I've been um, waging war uh, against these raccoons. Uh, the raccoons have been getting in the trash, and, you know, I'm just kind of like trying things. And uh, the, the last thing, I, I don't know why. I didn't want to get covered trash cans. I don't know why. Why is that? I don't know. Um, but you don't it was have the, to bend to the raccoon's will. That, that's it. I think yeah. that was it. It was just I was mm-hmm. stubborn. I was setting booby traps with like mm-hmm. cast iron, uh, <laughs> c- uh, cast iron pans and, and griddles and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and, and really trying to smash it, throwing baseballs and and hitting it with hockey sticks, and actually coming, you know, making contact like with, mono with e raccoon yes. combat. Yeah. Right. Well, it, yeah, it was. I mean, it was like egging me on. It was like standing yeah. up, like walk, like approaching me. I'm just like, okay, we're let's let's go it's walking up on you I you got to take care of I business know. i was thinking of our bear episode you know like fighting a bear yeah so yeah because i was going to fight a little raccoon so you you actually fought something bigger than a rat then you fought I, a raccoon that's yes okay uh yeah so you're better than a significant portion of the population yeah. now and i felt i felt that if it if it came to it i'd go for the tail and i'd, I'd give it a a you know a good a good spin mm-hmm. and then launch um i thought about it so anyways, I did, it didn't come to that. I just I just purchased two giant garbage cans with lids. Yeah. And that seems to have done the trick. There you go. Let them raid someone else's garbage. Yeah, but I could I could have. I yeah. could have killed them, you mm-hmm. know, with my bare hands, but I didn't. So anyways, that's new. That's nice. It, right? <laughs> I need to get more of this story <laughs> off the air here because this is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I had to wait to war before where like we had mice invading the garage. So I've had to set traps and things like that, which my daughter hates because she loves all things living. But well, you need to do is share that video, that raccoon video that you have of, of your raccoon battles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've, we've had some episode. raccoon battles. Yeah, yeah I'll, have to, I'll have to share that <laughs> on another episode. My, my wife hates that story. <laughs> All right, so in in my nation this week, I've been doing a lot of work on the property. So we've been teaching my son to swim, and he's to the point where like private lessons seem to be the way to go for him, because big crowds in a pool kind of makes him nervous. He has good situational awareness, and he recognizes like he's in other people's spaces, and other people are in his space, and so he pays attention to that instead of the lesson. So we priced out private lessons, and we were like, pool's actually cheaper. Like, it's not a great pool. It's not a huge pool. It's a 
big enough above ground pool it actually was cheaper than private lessons for him to swim because we feel like swimming is an essential skill it's not just something i want my children to both be able to do it can be a life saving skill if he would fall into a pool or if he's at the ocean someday and gets sucked out you know by a wave which i've been rolled by waves before at the ocean it's important for me as a parent and as a protector to equip him for the challenges he may face in life so you know, we're putting in an investment there to be able to allow him to have a life-saving skill where he could save himself or potentially save someone else, which would fall under that protector role. But we had to put our money where our mouth was if it was really that important because he was struggling a little bit. And so we wanted to help him in that area. So that's what I've been mm-hmm. working on this week, hopefully culminating in this weekend, having it all assembled and ready to go. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. I got to run a Bobcat, which I do oh. sometimes, but I just, I love working yeah. with heavy machinery. Like looking around for other things. To, I know. Yeah, to I wish that. I had the time that day yeah. to do it, but I was just picking up bucket loads of dirt, yes. dumping them. My kids loved it. Yeah. What can I level out? Exactly. What can I move? Show me some work to that's do with right. this thing. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't we go ahead and get into the verse of the week this week. And the verse of the week goes well with the topic we have for this week, which is going to be an interview, which I'm pretty excited about. So the verse of the week, it's actually a passage. It comes from Genesis chapter 32, and it's a favorite of mine. I have a lot of favorites. I I say that about probably every Bible verse, but I really love this passage. So Genesis 32, starting in verse 22. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives his two maidservants, and his eleven sons, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. So I love this passage because several things. One of them is that as a grappler, I love the concept of wrestling. Wrestling is in the Bible, right? Not just like we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but like it's an actual wrestling match here going on. We don't have a lot of detail about this. This is kind of shrouded in mystery where Jacob's over there and this man is wrestling with him and we find out the man is not a man. It's an angel of the Lord. And I wonder if Jacob knows that, but there's so much that it goes into this. First of all, like perseverance for me, this perseverance where wrestling is very draining. It's very cardio intensive. I think it's one of the hardest things you can do personally, cardio wise, physically, physical exertion. And Jacob wrestles all night, all night. So this is almost superhuman aspect here to Jacob wrestling with this angelic being. And then secondly, this aspect of a desire to have a blessing. So my wife's grandfather, he was a pastor for many years. He's a very godly man. He was the patriarch of the family, and he was recognized as the patriarch of the family, by the family. And as he was declining in health, I don't know why this was an impression in my mind, but I, I had this desire to have him actually verbally bless me. And it was something that kept coming back. Every time I'd see him, I'd, I'd be thinking, you know, he's declining in health. He's not going to be around a while longer. I really wish that he would bless me. And one of the last times that I saw him, actually, he grabbed a hold of me 
and he blessed me, hmm. like spoke an audible blessing in the name of the Lord on hmm. me and on my family. Hmm. And that was a really impactful thing to me because there seems to be biblically, like if you look at blessings that are bestowed, when Jacob blesses Isaac instead of Esau, Esau's like, do you have a blessing for me? And Jacob's like, I already gave that blessing. I gave him everything. I don't have anything left to give you. There seems to be a, an actual bestowal of the spoken word that's spoken into reality by a godly man. Now, I don't want to get too far afield here because I think we can kind of abuse that, but we see this. There's a patriarch we see in scripture several times where a patriarch blesses and that blessing is seen as a reality mm -hmm. because God will act on behalf of the godly man giving the blessing is what mm -hmm. it seems to me. And so in my experience here where Jacob wants that blessing, he's like, I know if I'm blessed, it will become reality. And I don't know, I've thought about this a lot. I don't know what all is going on there, but there seems to be power in a blessing given by a godly man, or in this case, an angelic being a representative of God. And that was my experience with that. And I really do believe, like I've looked at my life, I have a very blessed life, mm. you know, like a lot of blessing from the hand of God in my life. And part of that, I think, is from having a, a godly mother who is very faithful to God and prays for me on a regular basis. And part of that, I really think, is also due to the fact that a godly man spoke a blessing in the name of God on my life. Mm. I really, truly believe that. So what are your mm. thoughts on any of this? That's, I mean, that, that's amazing. Uh, one amazing story. Um, and thank you for sharing that. That's hmm. um, and I, something I never considered. And, uh, and indeed, uh, what, what a powerful image. I, when, I, you know, when I go to this verse, I, I go to Jacob's, Jacob's he, he, it's his demand. I will not let you go unless you bless me. Like, to me, that, that is so instructional. You know, this is the way to pray. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to stop until you until you yield, you know, until you give me what you promised, because this is, this is what he's doing. He's, he's kind of like, you know, he's, he's got a hold of God, but God, the blessing was on him. This was, he received it from his father and he knows what, and he's boldly asking, he knows what is his to be given him by God himself. And he's like, according to your word, I'm not letting go until you fulfill that promise. You know, and he knows God is not a liar. And so to me, I'm just like, I'm confronted with that boldness and persistence and stubbornness, yet it's, it's, it's all grounded in, in faith and knowledge of, of his Lord, of the guy he's wrestling with, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but then I think of his name changed, you know, at the end of like his name changes from, you know, from Jacob to Israel, strives with God or struggles with God, you know? And I think that there's something pretty amazing in that, that after the wrestling match, after the struggle, this seems to be something that, you know, changes Jacob from, you know, being a trickster, you know, mm -hmm. um, to now being someone who strives with God and prevails, you know. So this is, this is now got, you know, he's got God's mark on him, you know, um, uh, after he, you know, after he... He struggles with him. This will become him, and then will be his identity and the identity of his people, a new identity of his people after he um, has this encounter with God. So it's a, it's a very, I, to me, it's a, it is mysterious, um, but there's such interesting, um, I think, interesting things that we can pull from it, you know? But yeah, that's all I have.
Yeah, absolutely. I, I think this is one of my favorite stories because it's shrouded in mystery. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also, one thing I want to point out really quickly is that he doesn't escape this conflict, this mm. combat here, unscathed. Mm-hmm. He walks with a limp for the rest of his life because the angel touches a socket in his hip. Mm-hmm. So we have like almost like a submission going mm-hmm. on here. I don't know what's going on, but the angel touches the socket of his hip and he walks with a limp. So let me see, I just lost my spot in the Bible, so you're gonna hear a ton of rustling here, but I'm gonna flip as fast as I can. Got a sword drill going on here. (laughs) So we see here, it says, the sun rose above him and he passed Peniel and he was limping because of his hip. (laughs) Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. So there's a memory, there's a remembrance of this combat that lasted through the ages. They're like, we can't eat that because Jacob was touched Mm -hmm. there by an angel and was debilitated there, right? So there's this remembrance of Jacob's struggle with God that goes through the whole people. They all recognize that struggle. It's an identity marker. Exactly. It's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I love this passage and listener, I I hope you delve into this because Mm -hmm. it's just such a cool passage. And it really segues into our interview that we have here. We've got an interview coming up with a jujitsu practitioner at a very high level. And I'm really excited about this. So I want to give a warm welcome here to Josh McKinney. Well, we'd like to welcome Josh McKinney to the show. So Josh is a believer, a jujitsu black belt, a high level competitor. He's a gym owner and author. And he's the host of a podcast that I personally listen to, the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu podcast. So welcome, Josh. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, we're happy to have you on the show. And I want to tell you how I first found you. So I was a struggling white belt a couple of years ago, and I had just changed gyms. So COVID had kind of killed the gym that I had been going to. And I was kind of a big dog at the gym I was at, which as a white belt, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm killing it. I'm fighting bigger guys. And like, we had a guy at the gym, he was 270 and I could hang with him. So I'm like, oh, I I must be pretty good. Right. (laughs) So I switched gyms and I am just getting trounced. So clearly I was not as good as I thought I was. So I was trying to find help and I'm looking in podcasts and I find this podcast, the I suck at jujitsu show. And I'm like, do I want to humble myself enough to click on that and admit I suck? And I was like, (laughs) I do. So I clicked on it. And so I started listening to some advice that you had. You know, you, a lot of your listeners, I think, are white belts that are struggling. And so I leveled up, took some of the advice you had, you know, things like drilling, designated winner. And lo and behold, I made my way to blue belt and you really helped me on my journey. So personally, I want to say thank you for All doing right. that podcast. It helped me. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I'm glad to to help you because, you know, in the jujitsu space, we all recognize that white belts really aren't people. And so you get your blue belt and you're a person now. And so good. I'm glad glad I could help with that, man. Yeah. Thank you. And that's actually true. Like I noticed sometimes like people that I thought didn't know my name as a white belt, they suddenly knew my name when I got promoted, like shaking my hand after the promotion. They're like, Hey, Brian. And I'm like, you know, my name. They're like, I do now. (laughs) And then it just, you have your blue belt for a while and it stops being, Hey, Brian. And it starts being, Hey, Brian. And, you know, <laughs> then you have a target on your back, you know, the blue belt. Sometimes it, sometimes it makes life a little hard. I've noticed that like they level up a little bit more. Yeah. So why don't you tell the listeners about yourself? So who is Josh McKinney? Um, 
So in in general, right now, uh, I run two Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gyms, and I have a podcast. I have a baby on the way. Um, well, my wife has a baby on the way. I don't. <laughs> I don't. It's my baby. Fair enough. Context. Yeah, you're old uh, school. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We decided. To, we decided. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah. It'll be my. Baby. <laughs> Good call. Um, but we. Uh, um, so we have a baby on the way. We run the gym together, or, or our main school together. Uh, and then I spend a lot of my, I guess, free time podcasting on my show and competing in jujitsu. And uh, that is a lot about what I do. Um, I also on a uh, just on a faith sharing perspective, I also uh, have been a Christian my whole life. Uh, I grew up in a Christian household. My dad, when I was maybe 10 years old, um, by some crazy circumstances, became a uh, a pastor. And he has run a fitness business alongside of a church um, for the last 20 plus years. And so, or maybe 20 years now. And and um, so that has kind of uh, uh, some context of, of who I am. That's awesome. So just for the listeners that may not be familiar with jujitsu, like when you say you're a jujitsu coach, a jujitsu gym owner, and maybe their only exposure to martial arts is Cobra Kai, can you just give a real brief rundown of what jujitsu is? Yes. So um, I think simply put, for people that are American, jiu-jitsu is very close to uh, like high school wrestling. Uh, the goal is to positionally, to use grappling to positionally dominate someone. And it's not in a sense that you are hitting the person like professional wrestling or something like that. Um, it is uh, no striking. So you would call that grappling. And it is just a, a type of grappling that has its own sport around it now that's been used a lot in self-defense and um, has gotten to be proven on some really big stages to show how effective it can be for not just anyone but like specifically a smaller person to be able to defend themselves or even beat up a bigger person and uh so that's kind of a basis of, of jujitsu nice it'd be kind of cool though if we did kind of get the strikes like with chairs or jumps onto tables <laughs> like they have in wrestling you see on tv <laughs> maybe we'll get there someday Sometimes at my gym, um, I go to the 9 a.m. service at our church, and then we have a 1030 open mat at the gym on Sunday. And it's like pretty open to all the other schools. And so sometimes you'll have 45, 50 people on the mat all rolling at once, and they're all from different schools. They all will be competing against each other at the tournaments in the next coming weeks, and it's just mayhem. And I, they're one step from hitting each other with the <laughs> plastic folding chairs that we have and stuff. It's It gets crazy. That's so awesome. So one of the reasons why I wanted to reach out to you to have you on the show, I was listening to one of your episodes where you had a run-in with someone you competed against. So they were, you know, world-class competitor and you had beaten them and they didn't take that very well. And there was some beef there that almost seemed to come to blows for a minute. And you mentioned on your podcast that you and the guys at your gym were living for Jesus. And so you wanted to represent that well. And that really struck a chord with me. And so I wanted to ask you, like, how did you build that culture at your gym where you've got a lot of really alpha dudes 
that are like down for the cause of grappling and suffering, but they're also down for the cause of Jesus. Um, I think, I think, uh, I, I meant that general for our like whole affiliation. And so like a lot of the, the leadership in our meaning the, the schools that I am affiliated with the schools that I'm a team of, um, a lot of us are, uh, a lot of us are believers and even the ones of us that aren't really, I think there is a culture of, there are a lot of guys that have seen a lot of really bad stuff in the jujitsu space. And um, when we kind of all, our team is relatively new that we're all together right now. Um, But we've all kind of teamed up more through COVID. And it's kind of that idea of just a bunch of quote unquote manly men kind of all getting together, just good leaders getting together and um, kind of relying on each other. And then there is also this level of when you get to a certain point, you stop getting any guidance. You stop getting any or as much leadership. And a lot of times this is when people fall. This is when they have, um, there's no repercussion for what they do. And uh, in, in the sense, like I had every right to return fire with fire in this in this situation. Um, and, and one, maybe I was just pretty exhausted and I had no aggression left in me. You know, I used to, I used all the fighting I had in me for the day for that match. Um, but it, it was just this level. There was this point in this, in, in this kind of crazy situation where we all were talking and it was kind of like, Hey, what, what do we want to, what do we want to put out there? Cause we assumed that this guy, there was, he had tried to basically push me and obviously it was, I just kind of walked away from the situation, but obviously it was very um, aggressive. And this is after our match. This is after I had already won. There was really no controversy in the match I'd won. And um, he just wasn't happy with it. He tried to push me. And so then there's this point after where a lot of my, the leaders of my team, um, the guys that I've come up through the jujitsu ranks, I've been doing jujitsu for 15 years, that we've come up fighting each other as white and blue belts on different teams. And now we're all together. And there was this point of leadership where they looked at me and said, hey, are we going to are we going to respond in violence? And, uh, and I think there was a, I think we all wanted to respond in violence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all were on that point <laughs> where we were like, Hey, this is, this is ridiculous. We want to, we're going to handle this now. And it was just kind of the, the, Hey, this is the first time any of us have ever beaten somebody of this magnitude. We're about to get to show a group of people who we are. And it would really be frustrating. It would really, it would really stink if something that didn't represent us for real, like Hmm. came through just because we were mad in that situation. And so that really is for more context on that statement. That's really, I think, kind of how it went. And I even, we've even had conversations after where some of my, my friends have said, Hey, I, I think you chose wrong. I think you should have let us beat that guy up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that level of self-control, which is a fruit of the spirit, I feel like maybe people that aren't comfortable with violence don't really understand, but I come from a striking background. I've been in martial arts a lot of my life as well, and I've just been in grappling for about five years now. And so like, I'm comfortable with violence and I'm okay with fighting. And so if you're around fighting, you're used to fighting, you're, you're used to choking your friends for fun three or four days a week. 
the concept of not fighting actually takes some self-control because it, you know, like granted there's some risk in a fight there, but if you're used to exchanging chokes, exchanging arm bars or exchanging strikes, if there's a real tense situation, it really takes as an aggressive guy, some self-control to not get involved in that. So I commend you for that though, but I also understand your friends are like, nah, you should have just sent it. Well, there was, it really wasn't as much me that they were saying it was. So I told everyone like, Hey, we are not going to get into this fight. We are not going to do this. And like, we're, you know, like we're, it's just not smart. We're not going to do this. We're not going to get kicked out of here and get, I don't know, kicked off or, or whatever. And so we just kind of, we had this conversation and, and my friend Devin afterwards was like, dude, you should have let me, you should have let me beat this guy up. As we talked longer, Devin tells me the whole story. Devin actually knew this guy from 10, 12 years ago. And there was this day that this guy was still a high level guy at the time. And Devin was kind of a nobody and Devin was getting people water and he offered to get this guy water. And he goes, Hey, can I get you water? And the guy actually was chewing his fingernail, turned around and spit his fingernail on Devin and said, don't talk to me. And so then 12 years later, Devin gets the opportunity for retribution. He could have, I mean, this guy pushed me. There was a chance that De he was the first person there and he exercised restraint. And uh, that was, I get why Devin says, Hey, you come on, man. Why'd you make me do that? You know, yeah, for real. <laughs> That's some real self-control. It really was. <laughs> So here's something I've been thinking through lately in my walk with God. And I wanted to get your take on this because you're a higher level jujitsu guy than me. So you have a more strategic mind than me, but I wanted to get your thoughts on jujitsu helping you navigate temptation. So like, for example, on the mats, there's this guy I go with and he baits me with a triangle so he can pass my guard, right? So I'll be in half guard or whatever. And he'll just kind of like dip his head just enough, not enough that I can actually triangle him, but just enough. So I get that leg over there and then he'll just pressure past me. And I take that bait, but the more I experience that, the more I recognize now I'm like, I, I, I don't think I'm going to go for that triangle now because I see the bait. And so like, for example, with gossip, I might be like, okay, I'm at the level now where I recognize the temptation to gossip and I'm like, no, but then there's that next level baiting where it's like, well, you know, they probably need some prayer and I can probably give all these details that person doesn't need to know if I say we should pray for them. So like that next level attack of temptation where I don't know, has jujitsu helped you kind of recognize that and helped you navigate that a little bit better than before you got into jujitsu? Um, I maybe to a point now I look at jujitsu as something that I don't even see those baits anymore. And the reason is because, uh, jujitsu to me, as you get, as you get better, the longer you're in it. And I think the better you get at anything, the longer you're in it, it starts to become simpler to you. And to me, I really see a lot of jujitsu is just, can I do offense? Then no, I should just be defensive. Right. And I guess in a sense of, of temptation and things like that, that's, that's how I think. I don't, I, I don't think a, a bunch about like these things that I'm tempted with, because I will just be defensive by not being there and not being in those situations. Because when I put myself in tempted situations, I am uh, inherently evil. 
uh, uh, above everything else, it seems. And so, uh, you know, just being defensive and recognizing things as, Hey, this is, this is what I want and value and believe in, in life, or this isn't. And so I just don't need to deal with that at all. If that makes okay. sense. Yeah. Well, no, it sounds like it has actually kind of impacted the way you navigate, navigate temptation. You're just a little more ahead of the curve than I am. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe in the jujitsu side. <laughs> Could be in all of it. I, I don't know. <laughs> so what would you say your favorite Bible verse or passage or story is? Man, I think that that changes a lot. Um, but right now, this has just been something that I have been thinking about a lot. And it's been my favorite right now. Uh, and you could pick, it's said a lot of different times throughout the whole chapter of Joshua. But um this idea of being strong and courageous, and it's really cool if you read the chapter as a whole. You know, God keeps telling Joshua things like, I've delivered these people into your hands. Be strong and courageous. As if, hey, I've done the work for you, but if you are not strong and you are not courageous, it doesn't matter. And he keeps doing this. And there comes this point in the chapter where um, where he stops really having to tell him this. And he just starts telling him, go do this. And then Joshua starts telling the men, hey, God's delivered them into our hands. Be strong and courageous. And I just, I don't know, there's just this level of, of being more interested in that story as a whole lately. Um because when you hear about it, when you've grown up in church, you've heard the stories of uh, the Israelites wandering around uh, for 40 years. And you just kind of just a story. You just hear it all the time. But when you start to really think about the context and you think about this group of people that came out of the desert after 40 years, these are not scholars these are, you know what I mean? These are hard mm -hmm. people. It is not an easy place to live. I live, I've grown up in not easy places to live. And what's interesting with my jujitsu school here, I don't really have to teach toughness. I don't really have to teach how to go hard. At other schools, I hear that that is something that has to be taught. I'm like, no, that is the lifestyle of these people. They've grown up hard. And so I see that um, in, in just in reading this. And I'm always, I don't know, I just always, it's just been more interesting to me to think of this group of people as this group of people that come out of the wilderness and God is telling them it's time to conquer. And they, and all he keeps telling them is be strong and be courageous. He said, I've done the work for you. It's your time. Be strong and be courageous. That's your job. And to me, and, and it's probably just context of life. I think that's a point. I'm at a point in my life where that really matters, that that verse really sticks out of just, hey, even if God, even if this is God's plan, God expects me to be strong and courageous. Uh, but yeah, that's my favorite verse passage thought right now. Yeah, it's a great passage. I come back to that one time and time again as well, usually every couple of years at a different stage in life. Ben, you look like you've got a question for Josh. Yeah, I do, uh, Josh. I've been just listening to you and just doing my own little reflecting um, as you're as you're talking. But I, I guess well, I have, I have a, a couple of questions. But let's just let's just start with this one. That yeah, I came out of a a Christian college um, a couple of years back and. 
you know, and there are a lot of us that became leaders in our churches and, um, and so that, you know, around a lot of like, like church leader types. And there seemed to be to me, and I went, you know, in seminary training and things like that seemed to be to me a little bit of a cultural, maybe at least I was getting a vibe of this, maybe a culture of passivity and so, or passivism, not passivity, passivism, I, w- I would call it. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, I found myself in, in, you know, in debates, you know, debating, uh, whether or not it was, it was ever good for a Christian, uh, to use, you know, physical violence in light of the new Testament in Jesus, you know, and, and Jesus saying, turn the other cheek and, you know, and, 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 I, you know, and they would interpret that passage in a certain way that, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, I didn't buy it, but I wanted to hear how you kind of on your, on your journey, you know, uh, through martial arts and t- toward Christ, how you've reconciled training for martial arts with your Christian faith. What do you, what do you got for us? Ooh, that's, that makes sense. Good, yeah, yeah. it did. It made a lot okay. of sense. It's a good question. Uh, <laughs> I just, man, I think I do. I notice the same thing. I notice that, you know, that passivity, that I don't know, that lightness and sometimes it is not, I don't think it's this wrong thing. You know, sometimes it is best, most of the time, it probably is best to not resort to violence and not resort or not just even resort to anything, you know, not uh, just respond with any sort of intensity to a lot of situations, I think. Mm. But there are times when it is absolutely necessary, whether physical or just what we teach our kids in kids class uh, when we're teaching like anti-bullying tactics is we call it verbal jujitsu. Can you go and address a situation with your words and know, I know that this situation isn't where I want to be, but I feel comfortable physically. And so I know that even if this situation became physical, that I am totally okay in handling it. I think that sometimes that is necessary. And of course, there are very evil people. And there are times that you should absolutely defend yourself and your family. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that there are absolutely going to be times that 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 those things are necessary um, because we live in a fallen world. It would be silly to say, no, my job as a husband or as the leader of my house, uh, it, I, it has to fall by the wayside because I need to be sensitive to somebody else's feelings or something like that. And I think that that's something that like when I teach uh, women self-defense, that's something that you always hear um, with women is, for example, I'll get a question like, I'll drive with my car windows rolled down and then someone homeless will start to walk towards my car. And I will say, why don't you roll up your windows? And she will say, well, I don't want to hurt his feelings. Mm -hmm. And I will say, what are, what are, what's more important, his feelings or you getting hurt? What's out of those two things, would you rather be hurt physically or protect someone you don't know's feelings. And um, so I think that sometimes we like, we it's because it's a scary thing. You don't want to do that. You won't don't want to ever be assertive um, or kind of, it's not even like a, you, a lot of times people are just afraid to show that like, hey, no, there is a firm line. It's right here and you don't get to cross it. I don't care about your feelings, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that, I think that that's necessary just as, as a leader. And, um, if it wasn't, 
I don't think we would have police and we would mm. we would have mm. um you know types of authority that kind of enforce laws. Yeah, that's something I had to deal with also navigating side so I'd have people ask me about my martial arts and what came to me, I don't know where I found this or if I just found it reading the Bible, uh, the soldiers come to John the Baptist. So they're in the military and they come to John the Baptist and they're like what should we do? And he doesn't say leave the army. Right. He doesn't say stop being a soldier, don't fight anymore. He says, be content with your pay. Right. Don't extort money. So that, that was like for me when I read that, I was like, he's not telling them that they can't be in the kingdom of God if they use violence to protect people. He's saying, don't extort money through violence. Right. So there was a difference there. And that really helped me navigate that. You, you look at like uh, just back to the, the, the uh, book of Joshua. That is a very, very violent book. Mm -hmm. There are points in the book where God says, kill everybody. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, you know, there, there are times that violence and I, and obviously we don't necessarily understand. We don't necessarily, we are not God. And so we don't really understand those times, but um, there are definitely times that it, it is necessary and part of God's plan for violence to occur. Mm -hmm. and might as well be really good at it, you know, <laughs> and be really Amen. prepared for it, you know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, I, can I, if you, if you don't mind, can I have a follow-up question then? Okay. So like, then I don't know how to put this. So I'm just going to just start talking and then you, you just, you know, trust that you I'm, can just pick, I'm in. pick it up. I'm in. Okay. Awesome. So like you, I mean, you, you started saying something like, like, well, that you've noticed it, you know, you've been confronted, you know, by it, but uh, but then you, you kind of said you, your role as a, as a man, you know, and as a husband, as as a father, you know, eventually. Uh, do you have? Is your, your wife is pregnant now? Yes, she is. Do you have any children yet, or is this first? No, first. Oh, child. congratulations, man! Yeah, that is like so exciting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I am really but, excited. Yeah, so I mean, like, just so thinking of your role as as a husband and a father, um, knowing you know, knowing a martial art, um, and being able to defend that you know, those, those that, that God has entrusted you with, you know, um, who you love with all your heart, but how could then martial arts, jujitsu and, and the things that you do, how could that be? I mean, I don't know if you've ever considered this, but how could that be kind of like an apologetic for Christianity or even biblical masculinity? Do you know what I mean? Like how could martial arts be something that brings like biblical masculinity back to the forefront in our, in our culture. And so then, you know, and as an apologetic for Christianity too. Um, I think you look at, you, you, I think you look at that idea of tough times, creating tough people. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. There is no tougher time than being, mounted by a 280 pound man who's wrestled his whole life and all he's done he put his he put himself through college and has paid his bills learning and teaching to flatten people from that position and he outweighs you by 100 pounds there is no suffering like that it is it's horrific and if you've done jujitsu for a period of time you've experienced and what's interesting is that experience changes you. 
obviously that it's it's humorous right because it's mm-hmm. it, it's this it's this funny situation that happens in jujitsu way too much for you <laughs> and you're like i wish i could prevent this all you're ever trying to really do is prevent that from happening and then once you learn how to do that you're like i'm pretty good i you know i don't get smashed by this guy anymore i'm doing great and so all you're trying to do is prevent that from happening but like what you'll find is the more you're there one you don't even worry about it anymore you stop panicking. You learn how to breathe in that position. You learn how to stay safe in that position. You learn how to escape that position. And then you learn how to do it over and over again. And not only do you learn how to do it, but it starts to actually change who you are. It starts Mm -hmm. to change what you believe and what you think. Um, because this stressful situation put you in this circumstance and made you have to deal with it enough times. And so I really think, uh, man, I think as, as, as Christian young men, especially when it's just hard, it's a time that it's hard to be manly. It's offensive to be manly a lot of the time. Right. And a lot of the time, I think it has to do with people don't understand that, that the, uh, I don't know. I, I, maybe they don't understand what manly even is or what that even, what that even looks like, but you will learn so much about it in stressful environments that you have to stay calm in because then when your baby's yelling and your wife is doing the dishes and it's really loud in the house and you need to get something done, you've dealt with so many more stressful situations than that, that were physical and almost put you to this mental point where you feel like it's life or death right? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not, but you feel like it's life or death. Mm -hmm. And you go, oh, wow, I've experienced this. I'm able to able to separate myself from so much of the other stress. And when you do that, when you separate yourself from those things, you are able to, honestly, you are able to kind of stay, uh, stay more focused on what you should be. And Mm -hmm. so um, I just think with, with martial arts, especially just with anything, it doesn't just have to be martial arts. There are a lot of things that we can pay a very low monthly rate for to put ourselves in really intense or really stressful or really just big situations. And um, I think that those situations, those life experiences really change you. And, uh, you know, you really do when you are when you are competing and you're in front of big stages and you're stressed about those things you will rely so much more as a Christian, you will rely so much more on God and you will pray mm-hmm. so much more during mm-hmm. those times um, because they're stressful. And that's just like life. You know, it's when things are good. A lot of times you're like, Hey God, thanks. I've got it from here. Mm-hmm. But when they're not, you're like, I need help. I'm struggling with this. Right. And so uh, I guess that was a very roundabout answer, but hopefully that was a good answer. That was excellent. That was excellent. I think you, I mean, you described sanctification and it it made me think of, of James one counted all joy. My brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds for, you know, the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you would be perfect and complete lacking in nothing. You've just described it. And that's what jujitsu kind of has, has reinforced for you. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I love that answer. Thank you. Yeah. That was actually in, in my notes here. One of the things that I was hoping to hit on is that suffering and getting comfortable with suffering. You you just nailed that, knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like that's basically part of the Christian life is learning to suffer well. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the jujitsu life is learning to suffer well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So I've got maybe a, a weird question for you, but have you ever had to use jujitsu at church or a church event? Oh yeah. So one time, <laughs> 
when I was, I was, you know, I started jujitsu, uh, I was overweight, but I was also a small kid too. And so it wasn't like I was a big overweight kid. Um, and so I first, I do it for a couple of years. I'm probably, probably 15 and a half. I've done jujitsu for a year and a half. And there was this kid that always would uh, beat up, beat me up. He would always just like, we would just wrestle and stuff, but he would always, he was always a hundred pounds heavier than me and way bigger and stronger. And he had kind of started to stay away when I started to learn jujitsu. And so I always wondered, like, I wonder if he'll ever test, you know, he always kind of, you know, right on the line of bullied me. I wonder if he'll test. And one day, and I mean, at 15 and a half, not only do I train all the time, but I'm competing in like adult divisions all like every weekend. And so I'm used to, to fighting grown men. And so a, a bigger teenager that just had some weight on me and no, not a real whole lot of strength, I was going to do very well against. And so at the church, like I said, my dad's a pastor you know how pastors kids are. And so there's this point where he's kind of given me the business. I was like, Hey, let's go into the, no one's in the children's room. Let's go wrestle. And it was, it was maybe 10 seconds and he tapped out really quick. I just got him in a guillotine really quick. Uh, and he tapped out really quick and he goes, wow, you do know a lot. And then he never, he never bothered me again. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was one of the only times, but that was a time. That's amazing. I, I figured I'd come up dry on that question, but I'm glad you had a story there. <laughs> All right. So two more questions really quickly. One is, do you see a parallel in your Christian walk as far as spiritual maturity and belt level in jujitsu? Like, do you ever think about like, am I a purple belt as a Christian? Am I, am I making my way to brown belt? Like, am I getting better? Am I navigating this more? Am I, am I becoming more like Christ? Do you ever think about that in terms of belt? Not belt. No, I think about depth of understanding grace mm. by belt. I feel like there's a, you know, there's a point where Paul says uh, that it was shown, grace was shown to him through revelation. And uh, I think about that because there are times that I start to pat myself on the back as a Christian and I start to feel really good about myself and, and say, finally, I am, I am good. And then, you know, my pride will be exposed to me. And then my, you know, my everything, whatever will be exposed to me. And I will go, oh my gosh, I am, I am terrible. And then I will say, I need grace. Oh, wow. That's that's what it is. That's why I need it. And it will, I will understand that depth of grace so much more. And every time I think I understand it, I get deeper and I go, oh man, I feel like I, I get it more. And I feel like, or maybe my wife says she feels like she gets it more and we'll talk about it and it will expand that thought. Um, but when it comes to jujitsu, I think very conceptually with how I teach jujitsu. And when it comes to Christianity, the, the concept that I think about is the concept of grace. And I just feel like if I can understand that, um, then I will know the truth and the truth will set me free. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So where can people find you? 
Um, the main place is uh, my my podcast, the I Suck at Jiu Jitsu show. That's where I do an interview once a week, and then I do a solo episode once a week on that show. I post every Tuesday and Thursday, and that's the main thing that I spend most of my time on right now. Um, we just finished building our our new studio, and so um, I have a a company called Simplifying Jiu Jitsu, and it is where we put some Jiu Jitsu courses on that my dad and I film, and some other coaches and my affiliation film. And we're going to really kind of go full force with that. So we really invested into our studio and um, we're going to start getting that going more and maybe do more on YouTube and more on Instagram and other things. But for right now, the main place to to kind of hear from me is is the podcast. Is this the new studio I'm seeing now right there yes, behind me? Yes, it looks amazing. Is... It looks really nice. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, I don't even have the good mic out or anything. This is just my, <laughs> I'm just using my laptop for today, but even, even then it just sounds so good in here. It sounds so much better than my office. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, I've actually stopped by simplifying jujitsu and I've been eyeing up the Kyle Watson takedown class. All right. So yeah, <laughs> I struggle with that. So, you know, I, I may be making a purchase here in the near future of that class because it seems like, like a really it. good one. I like it. Yeah. He's, he's a really, he just explains stuff so well, simple stuff. Um, and he's taught me and all of his students to wrestle. Yeah. It's so essential. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> well, I really appreciate your insights, especially that last point you made was really impactful to me. So I really appreciate you sharing your faith with us and just your journey on your Christian walk and some insights on jujitsu and Christianity as well. So really appreciate you being on the show, Josh. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It's the first time I've ever I've ever actually shared my faith on a podcast. I've uh, you know, I usually just keep things jujitsu on my show. And sometimes I will, you know, I always talk about church and, and things like that, but I've never mm -hmm. gotten to uh just kind of dig in a little bit. And so that was really fun. I appreciate you guys having me on. As always, guys, we just want to thank you for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at info at headofnations.com. If you would like to support the show, there are a couple ways you can do that. One would be to subscribe, to leave a written review, and to just tell others about the show, to spread the word to other Christian men or men who maybe aren't Christians but are searching, or quite frankly, to anyone. We do have a fair number of female listeners as well, so just spread that word around about the podcast. Also, if you'd like to support, you can go to headofnations.com and click the support tab. And also, I just want to say, as always... We are the head of our nations, so let's go live like it. Until next time.